to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw, and after this show, I might just go read a book that tells me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and I'm Aaron Flores, telling you everything's going to be okay oh, from the People's Republic today. of Portland and <laughs> nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We're the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, and life hacks. Getting a large pile of pistachio shells Yum. on the table. Kelpie. Mm, that's, no, that's not a thing. That's oh, okay. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> we are still recording, right? Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it would uh, all be for naught. Right. Um, where was I? Trains. Life. Life hacks. Train hacks. Adventure lives. L- life adventures. And today, you guessed it. Guthrie and Aaron shoot the shit. Oh, man. But here's the thing. Because we got... I've got kind of a, a specific bend on today or or a theme on on today that it seems to be emerging. It's been emerging for a while, I think. All right. Lay it on me. And I'm glad it's just the two of us because I don't think we could... Depending on the guest, I wouldn't want to shoehorn it in with with yeah, a guest. Anyways. We wouldn't we wouldn't want to lay it on thick on anybody <laughs> but ourselves. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, no, today it's it's staying positive. Yeah, staying positive, staying with, positive. Gu- with Guthrie and Aaron, <laughs> or or maybe how to stay positive or staying positive despite. Maybe all the reasons why you don't want to stay positive. Or sometimes it's hard to stay positive. Sometimes it's hard to stay positive, but God dang it. We're going to do I'm it. I'm going to stay positive. We're going to pull that positive rabbit out of our positive hat. <laughs> <laughs> There's a funny thing that I think a lot of um, a lot of people in my life who give the impression that they're kind of enlightened. Mm. Um, I think this is a a common pitfall that a lot of them uh, fall into. And that is sort of this, this idea of making everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. And just sort of making that your mantra at the sacrifice of acknowledging, like maybe things aren't okay right now. Sure. Mm -hmm. And, and so, yeah. Or it's it's gonna be okay, Guthrie. Yay! But thanks, Aaron. Maybe things aren't okay right now. That's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> God dang it. That's okay. Yes. It probably has like nothing to do with the the speaking of. Uh, how was your week? But uh, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my super light reading for this week has been Eichmann in Jerusalem. Hannah, oh Jesus! By Hannah Arndt, <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, sometimes no wonder nice. we're so heavy right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, you know that whole banality of evil. Um, yeah, there's some parallels and some there's some like hmm chin scratch head rub like this is interesting to read circa right now and <laughs> especially especially like just on the on the back end of. Uh, the occupation of the waterfront. Yeah, yeah. That that was it was an interesting week. Um, I did go down to the waterfront this week. You did. Yep. Uh, ran into a good friend from high school actually, who's helping a um, member or a uh, friend slash acquaintance of his help run for Congress for Blumenauer's seat. Uh, so we had a great chat. Intriguing. My my deal with um, anything like protest related is show up for the positive parts. And uh, don't get involved in any of the negative parts, which if you stand far away from the line of conflict is easy to do. <laughs> it's easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was interesting. I've been to a, a few of those um, trying to show support and solidarity for that, which I personally believe in. And I think our listeners of the show can probably under- take a guess at what that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was nice to have a friend to stand with. I'll put it that way. Um, right on. Because it is a little bit... Uh, unsettling well events like that can be or maybe are by nature polarizing yes and it's 
easy at least I, I can speak in my in my experience it's easy for me to kind of get stuck in my head and go like well I'm not as crazy as either side mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm certainly not as uh opinionated as mm-hmm. this one side sure so I guess I'm gonna go with these crazies yeah yeah I I think like my I I like from a I, you don't have to believe or be 100% on board with everything that everybody is postulating or saying. I think it's important to um, be tuned in, in a sense, and to understand that sort of mechanism at play. Uh, but I also, like, usually when I show up, it's because, like, oh, like, I try to bring some level of, like, we can disagree and still maintain sanity or, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, which and, is not always the case, but. and it's hard to it's hard to do in a polarized atmosphere. Yes, yes, it's it's when especially when uh, positioning around these types of things. Like my my rule of thumb is like because I usually usually have my bike with me. It's like if something bad happens or something disagreeable happens, can I turn around my bike and start riding before I get like overwhelmed by an exodus mm. of people from a certain sure, spot? Sure. Um, but at the same time, before like, you get kettled in somewhere, yeah, yeah. Well, it was interesting because, and we had talked last week, um, I went to the Taj Mahal concert and something that changed for me. And I think that's also why I decided to go downtown on Saturday. Oh yeah. Uh, knowing what I knew about like during the, during the concert or like after well, or showing up at the concert and not to make the show come off of its focus of active transit and such but it was honestly the first time i'd been at a public event where i seriously asked myself like am i safe here like do i feel comfortable do i feel safe in a sense of um everything that's been happening in in large groups oh yeah 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 okay so i'm uh, following you now cool yeah and so that that was i guess part of the reason is like i want to believe that we can still exist in public without fearing for our lives in a sense, and uh, maybe the form which I try to make that take shape in is by still showing up, even if I know that something might go Even down. in the face of, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can totally get behind that. Yeah. So it, it was interesting. It was, it was a questioning week for myself. So getting back to our theme, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's going to be okay. Um, but, you know, maybe it involves also showing up when things are uncomfortable. Right. And it probably does, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, in the ways that that anyone can, so uh, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> reading reading Eichmann in Jerusalem and uh, checking out Taj Mahal, Mahal concerts. Taj Mahal was fantastic, by the way. Yeah, Had a really good time of the show. Uh, I try to see Taj every time he's in Portland, and uh, it, you know, especially getting off um, a long week, like. It was great uh, because I, I'm not sure if anybody in the audience has ever been to one of his shows. He's getting on in years in the sense that he has been a touring, playing fellow for 40, 45 yeah. years now. Yeah. Um, and uh, sort of launched into the biz with some of the greats. And um, it's really interesting to see kind of like the zoo crowd and like what folks show up for. Um, it's a much more like subdued environment. And I think a lot of people showed up trying to, or like hoping, I guess, that Taj would play more of his like upsturdy, like uh, like bluesy type stuff. Uh-huh. And Taj was, uh, I really appreciated that Taj was like playing his own set, and he's like at a place in his career where he can be like, "Nah, screw this, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, gonna play what I want to play." play. What I wanna play. Yeah, yeah. And like in my mind, the folks who get it are the like. This is my approach of like, if I'm gonna go to a show, like. My first concern is supporting the artist, which means that the artist can play whatever the artist wants to play. Like they don't owe you jack shit. Like, <laughs> you, you know, that's like, that's interesting because what's what's coming up the coming down the pipe. Yeah, there's a number of shows I've been to where I do get the sense of people coming into the show where like mm-hmm. this purchasing of my ticket entitles you to entitles me somehow. to something. Right, right. It's totally the wrong way to go about like, it. Like, in my opinion. Like you know, put on put on a show for me. I paid for for this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's definitely like some you could kind of tell, I guess, in the audience, some small contingent of the like it, the equivalent would be uh, 
you know, like Radiohead, like play creep, play creep, or, you know, <laughs> like, like right, right. And, and Tom York's like, no, I don't want to play that. I'm not going to play that. <laughs> We've been playing creep for so many years, exactly. and yeah. You know. So, so I just I super appreciate it. And Taj kind of like alluded to it as well. He's like, you know, there's people who come to my shows that kind of want to like get a bounce on and like move their feet and move their bodies. And he's like, but this show, what I'm playing right now, this is for the people who just kind of want to slide from side to side. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah. Like, you do you, Taj. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, it was the most mellow show I've ever been to of his. But <laughs> I, I so appreciated it on, on multiple levels. Right so on. I'm glad to see that he's still staying true to himself in just the truest way possible. Um, yeah, that was my Friday. And then Saturday was Saturday. <laughs> it's been a busy week. Um, and uh yeah just trying to like ride around get from a to b without getting killed in portland like it, it's all good <laughs> it's, it's so th- this is a conversation you and i have had a few times before i don't know if we've ever really had it on record i think we may have hinted at it but do you think it's uh getting more difficult to get from point a to point b i feel like it's more difficult to yeah. get from point a to point b and to put this into context, when I worked for the bike shop, when people would ask on tour about like, oh, is it dangerous to bike in Portland? And to be clear, your commute really hasn't changed as far as like yeah. the path that you've taken. Not too much. Yeah. Folks, like I would usually explain it as in, and so we're talking, I've lived in Portland for about eight years. I've lived in proximity of Portland for maybe 12 to 20, like depending on trips taken in and stuff like that. But when I first moved to town, I would say like sticky or, or tense interactions were like one in a thousand. And then when I stopped my job at the bike shop last year, I was like down to one in 500. <laughs> and we were talking, you know, just before yeah. the show, like now it feels like, oh, like you're lucky if it's one per time you hop on a bike, right? Like every time you hop on a bike, you know, there's going to be not, not, there, not that there always will be, but there's the sensation that there will be one time in between point A and point B that you feel that you have to take evasive maneuver or action to sustain yes. your well-being on a bicycle. And I just want to put this into context. Like, this is Portland. I am well aware that this is a extreme luxury <laughs> for, for many of our listeners and for many places within the United States that don't have the infrastructure or... Um, cultural norms or sort of ability to hop on a bike and do such. Uh, But at the same time, it does feel like it's getting way more tense. I was, we were texting with Brock and yourself uh, (laughs) before the show. I'm trying to like catchphrase or like hashtag coin phrase. Uh, Like what's that feeling, right? When you're like yelling, but also like begging for your life on the road. Like, please, dear God, please see me. (laughs) Like, it's not that hard. You just needed to look right. And like, you've always needed to look right. We we know this, but the level of indifference to like, oh yeah, I almost just like killed you or caused you severe bodily harm. Well, it's frustrating. Yes. The, it makes the, it hard to, to wake up every morning. The indifference and or the defensiveness that happens, I think. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I didn't see you. I'd rather Well, why me. didn't you? Because you're not looking. Well, screw you too, buddy. Yeah. And then like, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's different it's, when. It's hard to, when, when the other person who, at least in my perspective, is totally at fault when when they are more defensive than you are for almost doing you bodily or property harm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to feel like there there's this sense of safety or this sense of um, a freedom of movement. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can get to work and back pretty well and I've been doing it for a few years now and haven't had any like major incidents. Even I don't, I've been hit once and it was like grazed. So knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that said, do I feel free in that? Like I can just ride and yeah. not have to necessarily like be on edge. No, of course not. Mm-hmm. Like, Every intersection, regardless of whether I have right away or not, I'm slowing down and I'm looking both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, 
every turn I make, I'm looking over my shoulder to make sure like something isn't coming up from behind me. Um, yeah. How do how do you feel? You know, if it has, what do you feel the experience psych- about cycling in Portland feels like circa 2019 versus when you first started? So that's something that that I've been kind of looking into because. You know, our, our brains are plastic, and we all know that as, as we get older, we do tend to be a little bit more set in our ways, mm-hmm. and I'm certainly older than I was when I first arrived. <laughs> um, and also- You don't look a day older. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, also, like, biking is no longer novel to me. It mm. it, it just is. Um, and that's, honestly, I find that to be, like, one of the more freeing things is that, like, I'm not like, ooh, I'm going to get on my bike. Cool. I'm awesome. It's like it's just a tool. Yeah. But it is also pretty awesome. <laughs> it's It's got some good uh, externalities. <laughs> um, <laughs> always has. Yeah. Yeah. It always will. Like, I, I totally feel way better getting on my bike to do something than I do, like, yeah. getting in a car to do something. Usually, if I'm getting in a car to do something, it's like, well, I better take a car. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this sense of resignation. So, some things have stayed... But the externalities, the positive externalities have have typically been... A number of it, but um, I would say the act of biking, I certainly don't feel as free as I used to. Now, Hmm. the question that I have hanging in my head is, is it because I'm putting on more like day-to-day miles in the city? Is it because I am getting maybe more sensitized through exposure? Uh, is it because maybe I'm I'm getting older and I don't feel the sense of invulnerability that I used to feel like oh, you know I hadn't five that ten one. fifteen years ago yeah oh totally okay totally like that's a great point I'm old things fucking hurt sometimes <laughs> for no reason I'm yeah. at that point in my life where like I wake up and my knees are already sore <laughs> it yeah. sucks and if you and if you like <laughs> can avoid further like quick exacerbation of right 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 hell yeah you're gonna want to avoid that yeah okay i hadn't considered that angle before well you're also much younger than me well maybe come sit at my kim come sit by my feet young one and learn let me learn from you (laughs) (laughs) no truly like that that um i'm glad you said that because i have been and I don't, I don't know if it was fatigable lately. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if it was ever like something that I like really thought about until I began thinking about like, why is it that I get so quickly irritated when I used to just brush things off? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that's kind of been the hanging question I've had yeah. for a while. That said though, regardless of the why, it still doesn't change the is hmm. in that I don't feel as free as I used to. Mm-hmm. And the the fact that we have maybe some common variables, but we also don't have as many common variables either. Like you don't wake up with sore knees as maybe as often as, as I do or whatever. Um <laughs> You still have that sense if I if I'm hearing you correctly, you still have this sense of like, well, I also don't feel as free as I used to. Yeah. It and for the longest time it was like maybe not living in denial, but just trying to ignore that which like feels like it was at my front door. Uh huh. To be like, Well, you know, Ed, if it's this happened one time, you know, are you really gonna like get bent out of shape over one time's worth of thing? Uh, that talking about like going from a thousand down to 500 in terms of like tense situations. And we're talking per car, like every 500 cars, you're going to have like, that really like threw me for a loop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cause I almost got hit and I had to take evasive action or something like that. Um, Like I've been thinking about my approach to kind of, I guess like normalizing that or, or living with that, like just understanding like, okay, I think I'm here, but actually I'm here on how uh-huh. I feel about like what's going on on the streets. Um, it, and I think what is kind of saddening to me is the degree at which 
the interactions like i would honestly like i would i would be pleased if somebody got defensive about how they were driving if they were like oh yeah i wasn't doing this like i was doing this or like oh right right but it's i didn't do anything wrong what what it feels to me is that there's more over in my interactions and like i should clarify we're talking about like being in a cycle lane with right of way or taking the lane as is legal per oregon standards like following the law basically right as, as you're moving around town right like not sharing up between some vehicles you know i know it gets you ahead of traffic and that kind of jazz but like the level... also legal though yeah is it uh passing on the right i didn't know still legal okay um the the you know like i would I right would, to like, the sprocket podcast want, at would, gmail.com do, for any corrections or uh text 503-847-9774 i would wish these days for some level of defensiveness but what i receive is indifference Ooh, and that is what i think is getting me okay the level of like i don't give a fuck about i like killing you like you're in my way get out yes that feeling you're you're not a person you're an obstacle you are in my way yeah yeah you know and just the absolute disconnection between somebody with a responsibility to operate a motor vehicle and the harm that they can cause in a second to a more vulnerable road user that is i think what's sticking with me it's interesting because put into this perspective of um some of the rhetoric that was thrown out uh this weekend Mm -hmm. um i often felt a certain level of indifference towards human life. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's easier to do like, it's easier to just not care on, on a certain level. Yeah. Well, certainly, but, um, it, it helps maybe, uh, support a toxic argument. Sure. Um, but I often wonder, you know, and I hate sort of doing the, the blame society thing, but I often wonder, mm. You know, if one doesn't follow the other, you're you're in a car, you're already isolated, both by noise, you know, you're isolated from any kind of noise outside, you're isolated physically, um, and then on top of that, there's certainly a more popular thought of um, indifference out there yeah like yeah it, it i just feel like it's changed a little bit <laughs> and maybe I've, and it, I'm, I'm sure i've changed well too. certainly yeah. i mean no system is static sure whether whether it be our own personal you know psychology or, or thought process yeah i i think in a sense um this would be my call to action for our listeners is oftentimes when I look at people like writing reviews of the show or talking about their experiences or interactions with us, I do find a lot of people who gain inspiration from what happens here. I'm asking in return, like if you're not in Portland, like what keeps you, what kind keeps of like, you going? What keeps you sane? Like what yeah. keeps you, what keeps you in the groove? Cause um, I feel like I've gotten like just jogged out of mine a sure. little bit lately with how quickly things are changing in terms of, uh, the ability to hop on a bike or take a walk and get from A to B without having to like really fend for your lives. Well, and let's go back a little bit towards the beginning of the show mentioning how, you know, um, you can, things will be okay and you can, um, what am I trying to say here? You can, you can be okay with the way things are. Mm Mm-hmm. But you don't have to do that at the sacrifice of acknowledging that maybe things aren't great. Yeah. Or could be <laughs> Or could better. be better. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, uh, takes a, a term that was <laughs> oh certainly. And and a term that that I think is is thrown around maybe to an unhealthy degree is that the whole radical acceptance. Hmm. You know. And maybe I'm the one who gets it who's getting it wrong, but I don't think radically accepting a situation a situation that is either unhealthy or dangerous mm-hmm. or just 
inherently not good, <laughs> which I know is kind of uh, an abstract thought and it might be a little bit difficult to define, but it, let's bring it to this specific situation. Uh, accepting the fact that riding your bike from point A to point B in the city increases a, a stress in, increases our stress level can can we acknowledge that yeah yeah I mean, and accepting that as as okay i don't think is is the right way to do quote unquote radical acceptance hmm. does that make sense i think so to be okay with with the fact that I'm getting on my bike. I might get hit today. Yeah. I might have a shitty interaction with a driver. Like you're I might have the, to. The... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get that. To say like, to acknowledge that and then say, and that's okay. I don't think it's the way to, to go about it. What would be? I don't know. Okay. Write your answers to the sprocket podcast yeah. at gmail.com. Well, um, like one thing I've been experimenting with is different ways of interacting uh-huh. uh because i feel like i just haven't settled well first of all and like i'm sure many people can identify with this in the sense that like you have an interaction and then you think of the perfect thing to say like 12 hours later <laughs> sure, when you're like sure. going to sleep or something like sure. that uh and not that interactions in life require the perfect comeback but just like how i interact in those situations like i have been trying to interact differently each time mm-hmm. to see if like one is more effective than another is more effective than another perhaps. And like, I can tell you right away that like getting angry, just makes you look like a fool. Uh, oh, but it, feels it doesn't so matter if it moment. feels good. You know, like we're talking ultimately about <laughs> no, certainly. Like, creating change. Certainly. The change we want to be. I'd, but again, yeah. I still have to acknowledge that like, yeah. It, at least to me. Oh yeah. It it does feel good in the moment. It feels great to feel justified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no doubt about that. I love getting on my high horse. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know who doesn't? Um as far as like modifying or impacting other road users behaviors as applies to making them think like maybe twice about the next time that they have another interaction whether it's with you or it's not. Uh-huh. Um I have found that like maybe the more diffusing interactions have been where I just express like deep sadness at their decision. Uh Like like today um, I was cycling down a greenway and somebody pulled in front of me so that I had to take evasive action and like (laughs) slam on my brakes so they didn't hit me. Uh, And, you know, just they went along their way, but I caught them at a light and um, drew beside them and they rolled their window down. I just said like, just so that you know, when you took that left turn, I had to slam on my brakes so that you did not hit me with your car. And they said, sorry. And I just said, like, please, please look both ways. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't, like, putting it on them that yeah. they, like, almost killed me. I was just saying, wow. like, please just look both ways. Like, I think it is me who else, needs to sit at your feet and learn some things now. Well, it, that's not always <laughs> been what I've said to people. <laughs> you know, that's not always the case, but I, I like, I, 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 from a, like, maybe the scientist in me is like, I want to try as many ways of interacting with other drivers. Yeah, yeah. Like, not, I don't go seeking these, they just kind of happen <laughs> while I'm following, <laughs> sure, you know, sure. do, do course of action, getting from A to B on a, on a bike, whether it's in a bike way, you know, taking the lane and being um, safety conscious. Uh, there's a lot of other ways that someone can interact to that situation, but I feel like that of just the like kind of like resigned, uh, like, oh, God, this is like, I really wish I didn't have to have, be talking with you right now, but I do. And like, this is why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or the, the, the shame. I think shame is very effective. Uh, so a lot of times, like, especially there's a couple well, of, certainly, a couple certainly in the short term, but Maybe. Yeah. Well, it depends on how people react, but just like the, like, I feel personally that uh-huh. a thumbs down is way more effective than a F you. Okay. Like, like okay. There's a couple- That's interesting because I was thinking it exactly along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep going. Well, I'm just thinking there's a couple of uh, on-ramps to the freeway on my ride home, which people will very 
reliably uh, run that red, and so they'll park. Gotta you know, get, gotta get on that freeway. Gotta, gotta get, you know, plus gotta one. Queue gotta queue up. <laughs> oh, what? I'm in the bike lane in like half of the vehicle lane. Right. Well, I'm here now, but don't worry. I'm staring straight ahead because I'm a driver. <laughs> like, I feel that the thumbs down is has been like the most effective instead of the like F you. Right. That. Okay. So I've I've been experimenting. Um, I haven't settled on and on any particular way. I, I think a lot of it comes well from intention. Sure. And I imagine like that's not something you could really measure. You know, uh, because will you ever see that driver, that same driver again, that's stuck on the on the on ramp? Who knows? Not necessarily. Yeah. And if you did, would they even remember that it's you who gave them the thumbs down the first time? Part of me like hopes you know. not. <laughs> Self <laughs> safety and preservation standpoint. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I just you know, it feels like that. Uh, as as Doctor, what is it, Von Von Braun? The Von, oh shoot, what's her name? Our, our, I'm gonna make a reference which is totally off the cuff to a noise uh, scientist in New York who talks about like the tax which honking takes on the psyche and oh. like the mental toll of like, ah, somebody honked. Like, do I need to be at alert or not? Oh yeah, uh, like it takes a toll, and, and so does paying attention when cycling in Portland. Uh, yeah, to the extent that you have to do it a lot better than maybe you did five or 10 years ago or a lot more accurately um, to still maintain bodily function and like yep. not get hit yep. and that kind of stuff. So it just like you were talking about the slowing down intersection intersections and such, like it does take a toll. Um, and that is not always like easily measurable. It's interesting because I'm going to kind of take it away from biking for a second, but it connects in that um, how stress levels affect a body Mm -hmm. and how um, this is like years and years and years and years and years ago when I was a kid watching a a Nova special on PBS on stress. Dig it. Love Nova. (laughs) (laughs) And how they were comparing like two different animals, like one that lives in apparently low stress life. Like Mm -hmm. I don't even remember. It was like the koala or something, you know. And uh, versus some an animal that lives a fairly stressful life, the American possum, hmm. and watching like the two animals and how their their bodies age, how their physiologies age, and how like things break down so much faster on a possum than it does like on a koala, hmm. and on some level that's kind of apples to oranges, but on another level it is like look at how how like stressful this life is and then its life expectancy is so much lower mm-hmm. you're, um, and and when you're cycling you're like oh sweet i'm getting exercise i'm doing something that's generally good for but me but if you're taking it with this sort of <laughs> mentality of like i'm running for my life or i'm looking around the corner or or looking over my shoulder as i'm doing this quote unquote exercise are you really benefiting from said exercise? Yeah. That's more of a hanging question. Or maybe somebody actually does have the answer. Mm-hmm. Email your answer to the sprocket podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. It's the, the you know, there's this um, certain level of maybe like line noise or such. Like you yeah. just, it feels like when you pick up, when you pick up the bike, you, you adopt at this point in this all, like it really does just get back to transit policy and planning like cities for 8 to 80 like this is why i think that's very important to me is that even though it doesn't feel like that's necessarily like how things are going right now like you can see that light at the end of the tunnel which is oh we can do this differently like we really we really can and maybe the reason we should is because maybe it doesn't feel good to have to be that concerned for your well-being every time you walk or take a bike trip Certainly. Even if you live in Portland. <laughs> Even if you live in Portland. And here's the thing is I would imagine that there are other cities out there that maybe don't have the same infrastructure as Portland does, but have it easier. Yeah. That said, I know that there's other cities out there that have 
um, similar infrastructure, but have it way worse than oh, Portland. Yeah. Well, and, and like, again, Portland bubble, most, <laughs> yeah, most are totally. that way. Like, I feel like, truthfully, um, Portland's got it. And that's the that's the thing is, you know, like complaining when you're in like one of the most bike people. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, you know, but that's ah, it. you're just blowing hot air. But you know? that said, like, there's no reason for us to rest on our laurels sure. either. There's well, no reason for us to go like, yeah, oh, don't complain. You're in the you're in the best bike city yeah. in the world, and you which can we're still not. Be, but you can still be up there and want positive change. Yeah, totally. Can, like that's that. I thank you. That's where the idealism comes back. <laughs> <for me. laughs> it's like it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. Um. So if you have uh, anything that struck your fancy or struck a chord, feel free to write in and let us know how it's going in your hometown. What has changed have you noticed any patterns um have you found a like nice copacetic way to deal with um maybe a feeling of less than 100 percent safety and absolution with your with your meanderings around town to or for work or otherwise um yeah let us know your coping habits would love to, would love to grab some. <laughs> yeah uh, you know from one from one bike friendly city well, to another and with any coping habit, I don't know if this is the same for anybody, but certainly for me, like, you can only use the same coping habit or the same strategy so often before you're kind of um, used to it, if that makes sense. Like it becomes less effective? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so... I prefer to have, you know, several tools in the bag that do the same thing mm-hmm. so that, you know, when one tool doesn't work as well as it used to, you switch over. Yeah. Or put them in rotation. Yeah, totally. Multi, multifaceted. Yes. So we're always open to any any other strategies. Yeah, that... totally. Um, And, like, again, caveat. It's freaking great to bike in Portland. It is still really <laughs> most yes, of the time. Yes, it is still really good to bike here. Which to is be when clear. It, which is I guess why when it changes, you know, just by in percent. And then that, that's it's just yeah. so palatable. <laughs> yeah, that's worth that's worth uh, so, uh, examining or or thinking palpable. about. Palpable. Yeah. It's palatable, but it's also palpable. <laughs> <laughs> um, which reminds me we should talk about our speaking of palatable yes yes uh thank you as always to the beer mongers on southeast division and 12th what are you having over there Aaron? oh you know what i'm drinking the lionheart kombucha hey that reminds me lionheart kombucha is a dry kombucha which means they don't add sugar it's um it's uh probably the least sugary kombucha I drink. It's paleo approved. It is. You haven't heard that word in a no. couple episodes. Don't worry. <laughs> we're getting back into the fall. It's coming. Well, and I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I'm trying to cut down on sugar because mm-hmm. it's so easy to fall back onto that sugar train. Tim, Tim Mooney, I'm so sorry. We used to be brothers, but I, I fell. I fell back. I'm off the wagon again. But I'm trying to get back on the... W- no. To make you feel better for falling off no. the sugar train? No. Oh, wait. That's not how it works. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm that neighbor. Uh, I don't have Yeah, that's it. One of the things I appreciate about Lionheart Kombucha, two grams per serving. I am having the wonderful Sticky Hands, which is Ooh. a um, super... I feel like this beer is talked about all the times in terms of your IPA, like, circles. Okay. Uh, block 15. It's not just, a circle I, I'm often privy it, to. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, <laughs> it, the, it, like, block 15 to Corvallis is as Breakside is to Portland, I feel like. Just okay. Just very, very renowned. Okay. Uh, it, within Oregon, in the brewing culture, I, I feel. Uh, but I've never really had their Sticky Hands before, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. Uh, the Sticky Hands by Block 15, which has exactly... 15. Some undeterminable amount of sugar in it, I'm guessing. (laughs) Probably. Oh, they don't do nutritional facts for beer, do they? Yeah. It's got to have a little bit due to the fermentation or or such. We'll have a brewer write in and be like, Guthrie, you're wrong. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. So let us know. Um, But yeah, fantastic. Not only that, uh, but 
Our friends of the dun, beer mongers. Dun, dun. Beer mongers is having an event. Yeah, well, a few events. Uh, beer mongers is having a series of events mm-hmm. called Eleven Beers for Ten Years. Yeah. Because um, with the beer mongers, why not chuck one in? <laughs> They're just that great. Yes. So on some Sunday, September first, they're having their cellar sale, uh, and that is right there at the Beermongers and Portland Wine Storage Beer Cellar. This is interesting. I, I'm very, I'm looking forward to this. Only not that I'm gonna buy a bunch of beers, but I want to see what's going on there. Indeed. Well, they always do some fun stuff. Uh, Monday, September second, is their Labor Day cookout and potluck. Oh. Never mind, I'm going to that one. Booyah. You don't even have to drink beer. You can just show up for the food. Uh, Tuesday, September 3rd, they have the High Stakes Cribbage Tournament and first annual... High Stakes Cribbage. High Stakes. Uh, Russell Reich... Reibichel Awards. Not even going to worry about that word. Wednesday, September 4th, they have the G-O-A-T, greatest of all time, bottle share. Um, A word and acronym which... I was talking with somebody the other day, has changed a little bit over its inception to present day. Um, but that could be a whole nother show. Oh, okay. Uh, and the Friday, September 6th, the Trappist Beer Appreciation Day. If you want to get your monk on and a little bit of beer, there's cheese too. And then September 7th and September 8th is the Outdoor Beer Garden and Games. And I would just like to say, as a listener uh, and then co-host of the sprocket i know we don't talk about advertisers a lot but truly like no joke if you're in portland and you are a fan of beer uh and that's a part of your life like you really ought to go check out the beer mongers we don't really advertise on the show a lot but they have just been such stalwart supporters of the show over the years um no shortage of appreciation for the beer mongers um and especially listening to other podcasts i feel like for the amount of time I'll have been talking since the end of this, it's like basically the standard for adverts that you get on other, <laughs> other podcasts. Sure, sure. Um, but by the time I finish my sentence, um, listener supported, thank you so much all for listening. Thank you for allowing us to be able to have a show that doesn't rely on anything other than you and your ears. So whether you are a supporter or not, if you're listening, thank you so much. And to the one company slash good group of folks down in southeast um that really are behind the mission of alternative transit and making listening to podcasts fun thanks to the beer mongers for your support over the years yes i'll just go ahead and derail for a second because get i mean if you follow us on instagram it's a digital you've, format you've seen I'm it down. you've seen it happen but uh i there's a new steed in the in the stable yeah shit how have we not talked about that yet <laughs> Hey, let's talk about some bikes for a second. <laughs> let's talk about some cycling. Uh, yeah, it's gorgeous, by the way. Oh, thank you, Absolutely thank you. Gorgeous. I I am quite in love with this thing. I can um, tell. Aaron and... is just like leaving. <laughs> you know, like they talk about parenthood I... and how great it is, but how great is having a new Brompton? I mean, come oh, on. Oh, it's pretty awesome. I mean, having any Brompton certainly. Sure. Uh, <laughs> But this one in particular. I'm quite proud of this one in that it's pretty much everything I want in a Brompton. Yeah. And two, this is an exercise in, uh, what is that, uh, deferred gratification or delayed gratification mm-hmm. in that rather than like spending the money right away to get this, I let the money build up mm-hmm. and you know, I actually like spent things responsibly and, uh, paid off things that were like necessary first. And then Lillian Kerbeck would be proud. <laughs> I'm hoping so. I'm sure she would. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Lillian, by the way. Um, and then as the money built up, bought this prompt in like yeah didn't pay credit didn't like cash money straight up would she she would certainly be proud (laughs) put half down and uh, so he would i will say this because there was there was kind of a a slight uh wrench thrown in the plan in that i put half down thinking that it was going to be like even months before you know 
they got one to me. But mm-hmm. again, thank you, Clever Cycles, for just kicking out this sweet bike so quickly. Mm. Um, it was like two, three weeks, maybe. <laughs> and they're like, hey, by the way, next week your Brompton's ready. <laughs> Were they also like, by the way, that second half, it's... T- <laughs> well, and so it was, it was ready, but it was also like... Um, unexpected that it w- I would have to let go of it that quickly. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, that can be a good thing. But no, no, still, like, I, I had waited certainly all summer to put all of this money down on this, mm-hmm. um, if not longer, because I wanted, rather than going like, oh, I'll go to the, the sale, the yearly sale that they have where they get rid of all of their demo bikes and, like, get one that's like, eh, okay, mm-hmm. or rather than, like, looking at it, at a used one mm-hmm. that is like, eh, yeah, I could probably live with that. Like waiting for that one. It's your bike. It was like, okay, it's gotta be this. It's gotta be this. And it's gotta be this. Yeah. I, so uh, you, I felt like, I feel like you, um, just really like brought it home on so much of where I feel like I'm at with bike buying these days. Yeah. It's like, if I'm going to buy a bike, I'm going to buy the bike. Yeah. And oh, it's totally. Be righteous. Well, and, I don't want to say something too definitively that I'm going to have to live up to, but this is pretty much going to be my last bike purchase. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll chat in a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say next year. (laughs) Yeah. But like, you know, I got my mischief bike. I got my, my, I got the red hair among horses, which is kind of my everything bike. Mm -hmm. I've got, um, the kid, the Pugsley. Mm -hmm. And so now I've got, by the way, Shall I introduce, I will publicly introduce the name. Yes. El Tegrio de Siete Leguas, which is the Tiger of Seven Leagues. Wow. There's a lot of history behind that. I love that. (laughs) We should have an episode for your Brompton. Or the Little Tiger, sorry. The Little Tiger. El Tegrio. Tegrio. The Little Tiger de Siete Leguas. Dig it. Yeah. I'm I'm very happy for you, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Um, yeah, just waiting and waiting. But honestly, now that I've got, so I've got the, the fat bike, I've got the mischief bike, I've got the everything bike. Now I've got the folding bike. I really don't think I need to add to the fleet anymore. Yeah. Except for your gravel grinder, which you don't have yet. Yeah. And your e-bike, which you also don't have. And your cargo bike, which you don't have. Oh my God. putting it out there. So. So I will I will answer I will answer those questions except for the e-bike cuz nothing against e-bikes I just don't feel drawn to or I don't feel the necessity or the desire to hey, buy one you do yet you. yet you do. yet there might be a t- you know no system is static there might be a time where I'm like no nah, I think I will get an e-bike yeah but anyways except for the e-bike I will answer all of those with one, with one bike the red hair among horses. Fair enough. That's my gravel grinder. That is also my cargo bike. Let, <laughs> let us hope you never get into mountain biking. <laughs> That's also my mountain bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken my survey on some single track. It was interesting. I'll put it well, you way. know, 26 <laughs> by like 40... Or like by one point eight inches. Yeah. Sure, that's good enough. Yeah, it's yeah, that'll it's do all it. Right. <laughs> oh, you know, you. I'm just so glad that I get to live vicariously through purchases <laughs> through, through my through my purchase. Well, you know, I live in a in a small, tiny apartment. We live pretty simply. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Anna, for for keeping me honest, uh, both financially and and um, nutritionally. Yeah. yeah. It it enables me to save up for these things. Totally. Well, you're you're um, from my approach, it's like why own a lot of bikes when you can make friends with people who have bikes. <laughs> that yeah, that's true too. <laughs> it's sweet. Check out Instagram if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> we'll post some. We'll post some shots. Congrats. I happy new bike day. Thank you. How often thank do you, you get to say it that was on fun. this show? Happy new bike day. Kind of a bummer. Um, Anna got her saddle stolen. Oh yeah. 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 That was kind of a bummer. Um, that said, um, sort of the, the silver lining was 
it gave us an excuse to go down to Clever and talk with them. New saddle and, day. And yeah, get a oh. new saddle. I too just replaced my and, saddle this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so I had been doing the oh, saddle library. Yeah. yeah. You're good. Saddle library. Um, yeah, I, I <laughs> ended up trying like six different saddles over the course of six different weeks and landed back on the saddle that I'd had in the first place. Hey, man, but now you know. Exactly. I got six chances to see the grass on the other side, found out the side I was on was still the green. Was still, was still, yeah. Exactly. So still your preference. Imperial buddies. Yeah. Once again. I, I made sure to get an Imperial on that one because, oh, yeah. you know. I've also been part of the Saddle Library, and I've also landed on an Imperial. Yeah. I didn't feel the need to join the Saddle Library again. I, I put it on, and I was just like, you know, I really, I try. I had avoided being like, this is right. This is how I feel. Right. Put it on, rode home. I was like, you know, I feel back at home, and I'm not even there yet. <laughs> it's just such a nice saddle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say ill of any of the others I tried. It just turn hey man that way you know your seat bones are your seat bones it's true it's very true um yeah well congrats on the brompton thanks i look thanks. forward to seeing many instagram and otherwise i posts. cannot wait to take it on a plane booyah the second thursday of every month the joyful riders club in minneapolis Second Friday of every month is the Boston Bike Party. <laughs> I just realized I don't have the calendar in front of me. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because you... also, the second Friday of every month is the Indi- Indianapolis Bike Party. Also, also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. I'm taking ownership now. Do the it. Last Friday of every month, the Baltimore Bike Party. The first Saturday of every month, the Civil Unrest Ride. And every second Sunday of every month, right here in PDX, the Corvidai Bike Club Ride. By the way, September 2nd, in specific, their ride is their second year anniversary ride. So be sure to make that one. Dig it. And if you can't make that, perhaps, then don't worry, because September 14th and the 21st is the Ride the Rim at Crater Lake, which, by the way, we have been talking behind the scenes about attending this year. I feel like we're 80%. I was going to say, odds are around 80 to 85. I would absolutely give it that. Um I will email my work and be like, hi, I won't be here these days. Uh, September 21st, the Intergalactic Surly Day, right here in PDX. At Get Modern your Surleys Times. out. Get your Surly on. Steel is real. You know I'll be there, I think. <laughs> Modern <laughs> Times. <laughs> that's, that's like the hold on, <laughs> classic Portland. I will commit to yeah. this. Maybe. <laughs> I'll, uh, pro- I'll probably that, be there. That totally reminds me <laughs> of when the the third Lafarte was going on. Mm. And a little thing went over the Instagram. Can you please switch from interested to going if you're really going? I need to get a possible head Give count. Me a number, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Upcoming film by bike tour dates, which will definitely be happening. So no worry about the Portland effect there. Missoula, Montana, September 19th and 20th. And the 20th. Which means the adventure show and the bike fun bendigo australia our good friends down south october 4th coos bay oregon one of my favorite coastal cities november 2nd and akron ohio thanks for keeping it real keep it real akron now four we got mail hey we got mail from brock didis and tulsa world Dot com. Meet the Tulsa artist and activist getting young adults excited about local infrastructure. Yes, Tulsa. I bet that also came to us from our wonderful loyal listener and my wonderful loyal partner, Anna. That it did. On two separate occasions, Colby Webster had been hit by a car in Tulsa. Oh, <laughs> right. I feel you. <laughs> um. The first, and notably the most traumatic, was while in the arms of his mother. Oh, my God. Uh, now, the 21st, or the 25-year-old is one of Tulsa's most outspoken activists for biking and pedestrian infrastructure. Both incidents ignited something in Webster. And the article goes on to talk about his experience in bicycle and uh, transit advocacy 
and seems like he's off to a great start. Yeah. Um, and the, let's see, where was I? There. No, never mind. It's all good. <laughs> a quote uh, from him says, whenever I was a baby, my mom was crossing the street, dot, dot, dot. She got hit while holding me and told me a story about how I flew into the next lane. Oh. I would just like to say, thank goodness you are alive to tell that story. I am so pleased and <laughs> so thankful uh, that, that that is the case. Uh, reading a recent Twitter post from California, somebody witnessed that exact same incident, oh. which might not have gone that way, oh. it sounds to be. Uh, Sad. So, way to turn it into a... Um, opportunity to be active in the community and to work for better cycling infrastructure. We also have from Sightline by our good friend Michael Anderson. This is a good article. Yes. I still have yet to like dissect the whole thing, Ooh, but and there's a uh, lot of good links too. It's yeah. it's kind of like a it, it's like a, a bite at the at the at the apple so to speak. Uh, and then there's a lot of good stuff to follow up on as well. Uh, but this from Michael Anderson, a uh, recent fellow at the Sightline Institute and former writer for bikeportland.org, did segregation cause your traffic jam? Sprawl, among other things, a deliberate attempt to enforce racial segregation with a physical space. Uh, many more North American cities are oddly uncity-like compared to their peers in Asia, Europe, Africa, and even South America. Our cities are weirdly spread out, and the damage to our environment and economy is colossal. Why did this happen? The New York Times 1619 project, launched in print over this weekend, sets out to explain the various distinctly American characteristics with a decoder ring, shout out 1980 cereal boxes, chattel <laughs> slavery, not the answer you might have expected, understand the ways in which multi-generational slavery twisted u.s society it argues and you'll understand more about everything else in the country too so this is uh well there will be a link to this article this article is more than i think we can discuss on the show by by a long stretch uh oh totally but in essence uh restricted covenants redlining other such devices of city planning are all contributory factors to why you might be sitting behind somebody else in your vehicle trying to get to where you want to be. Um, this is a... It's not just because we stripped all the trolley trains out. This is true. But also because we stripped all the trolley trains out. Uh, so Michael has a very well-researched and um, well-put article with plenty of references and resources sort of teasing apart why one of the... Uh, side effects of racism is in fact your commute and why you might be sitting in that car. Certainly. And I think a lot of it while not directly still sort of calls out the uh, for lack of a better term, the comfortable Portland liberal yep. that says like, well we don't fill in the blank anymore. Mm -hmm. So we're okay. Well, but yeah. the problem is, is you're still operating under a system that was built mm -hmm. through segregation or or you're still you benefiting. know benefiting yeah. from a system that was built through segregation yeah. you're still sitting on a highway in a road in your car due to this uh, several factors of mm -hmm. segregation mm -hmm. and um just to make a quick tie to that there was a very uh i think enlightening interview on think out loud in, oh yeah, um, OPB just this week from a student at Harriet Tubman Elementary, as well as one of the district coordinators. I am forgetting their official title at this moment, but um, it, it guess what? It's all tied together. These things affect <laughs> other things. Yes, um, and one of the most sort of insidious ways. I think that was the word we had settled on before yeah. the show. One of the most insidious ways is uh, the way that which it really just permeates every aspect of planning and uh development and um just the ways in which these systems sort of work in a positive reinforcement loop of allowing further damage to be done to folks who are are in a situation that has a has a deck stacked against them i guess i would yeah. say 
Um, and so I feel that uh, something that's important is to acknowledge that, sure, you might not have caused this. It doesn't give you the option to say, well, this isn't a problem or this isn't something that oh. I need to deal with or at least be cognizant of. Uh, so I think that the the Sightline article, Michael Anderson's writing, um, ties things together in a way that makes a good amount of sense uh -huh. and really helps sort of give a lay of the land in regards to, okay, well, what what are problems? Here's where there can be some actionable differences or changes that are made, um, either on a personal level or on a on a more planning level, to understand that when you are waiting in that car or maybe in that bike behind a vehicle or such, um, it's more than just poor planning. A lot of good thought and insight brought within this article. So I'd encourage folks to read it. Right on. I don't have any mail today. No I don't know mail. if you've caught any. Well, we should say some crazy stuff and like maybe <laughs> right into us. Well, I still don't have a kickstand. You did have a you did send Brock a cricket emoji. <laughs> <laughs> or was it? Should we should we shop his joke for him? Yes. To our Oh, okay. hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Um credit to Brock Dittis for this joke. This is his that he wrote. This is his. This this is Brock Dittis's joke. Can I can I distance it? myself any further from this? <laughs> do you want me to read it? Uh, we'll do this in two. We'll do, do this in two. If you're not going to do it justice, we'll do this in two parts. All right. All right. Let me pull up. So I I will give I will give the question. Do I do I answer the actual answer though? Yeah. Okay. I mean. It, Unless you don't want to. Do you no, have I, a better one? Well, I was just thinking. Oh, like, God. No, I don't. I don't. Definitely. Like, I'm not a father. I don't have a better one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just made the connection. Yes, this is totally a dad it, joke. You didn't yeah. see that? Oh, my so, gosh. Total, total well, dad joke. Well, he's always liked puns is the thing. Yeah, but he's basically Brock, been in, I like, love you, but you he's always in, loved puns. But it basically just means he's been in dad school all these years. I guess so. <laughs> Well, congratulations. You just passed your graduate course. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> you now have a master's in dad joke. What grows in an octopus's garden? Kelp. I need somebody. Kelp. Not just anybody. Kelp. You know I need someone. Kelp. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Send your cricket emojis to <laughs> 503-847-9774. Yes, and if you have dad pun jokes, you're also welcome to send those <laughs> our way. We we will probably read them. We will. All right, let me let me boot up our credits here. Thank you for your ears yes. and for your thoughts and for your consideration. We would love to hear any thoughts that you have. But also Thank you for listening. And bonus points if you send us the next stanza to that song. Oh, God. I came up with my own, but Aaron would probably throw something at me, so maybe I'll save it for next week. <laughs> Once was enough, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It totally That's was. what I thought. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio. Thanks to the generous support of Women's Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Kurt Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellengard. Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Wise, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, thanks for doing errands while I was at work. Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who's sitting across from me. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regrainery. Campsite, Macner's David. 
Chris Rawson, Roy in Michigan, Michael Flournoy, Nathan Poulton, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran, Brad Hipwell, Thomas Gato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore, Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron, Barron, Chris Barron, Sean Baird, Simon. Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna, Matthew Rips, Marshall, Paula at Funatake Cyclecraft, Philip M, Spartan Dale, No Relation, Mr. T, who never really left, Bike Edition of Kiwana, and Sarah G, Adam D, Go Dig a Hole, Beth Hammond, and Greg Murphy, and all of our former donors who helped us get this far, Now brush your teeth, and Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>